Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com I gotta know where you stand Like the dry ground Waiting for the rain to fall down Hey, Hollywood Live podcast listeners. We are listening to Lindsay L. Doesn't she sound fantastic? She is here with us in our Hollywood Life podcast studio. And so welcome, Lindsay. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having Yay! Me. There, there's our audience. I knew they'd chime in. Audience! <laughs> Well, I'm so glad that you've come. And we, of course, are here with our executive producer. Actually, why did I add executive? Sweet, <laughs> sweet little promotion here on this podcast. There we go. Really? Hey, today's I, an important day. Bonnie, yeah. I accept. Uh, I should say that uh, we came in with Lindsay's new song, Waiting on You, and her new record is coming out. That's right. The project coming out August 11th. Yes. And so it's just around the corner. That's crazy. That's congratulations. Thank you so much. It feels... It, insane to be able to say I have a full record coming out. I feel like I've, I've waited to fully release a full record ever since I was a little girl. Really? So this mm-hmm. is your first full record? It is released on a major label. It's actually happening. It's wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Congratulations. an important week. That's so a really much. important week. <laughs> Do we want to shout out the label? Absolutely. Thank you, Stony Creek. Thank you, BMG. Thank you, Broken Bow. It's 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 been an incredible past few years living in Nashville, and um, I'm just so grateful that I have such a good team. How long have you been working on this album? You know, that's a funny question, Bonnie, because I feel like for the past 16 years, ever since I've been songwriting and playing shows, I've really been working on little pieces of this album. But really, I I met my producer Christian Bush from the country band we know and love Sugarland oh, about yeah. eight months ago. And it was then when we started, you know, having our first few music meetings and talking about songs and, and we, I released an EP earlier this year and then the rest of the record came together from, you know, spring until now. And so it, the, the music part of it has come together relatively fast. Like yeah, eight in the months. last year. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty quick. But I feel like everything to get me to the point when I'm finally ready to release a record um, has happened over the past 16 years, you know, so. And listen, you're not old. Like, you're 28. So <laughs> I you're mean, I basically feel old sometimes. No, you don't look old. Your age Thank isn't you. old. But that basically means that you have been doing this, like writing songs yeah, since you've been playing, 12. Yeah. And I started playing guitar when I was eight years old, you know, I. So 20 years guitar playing. Which makes me sound even older. I'm like, I've been playing guitar <laughs> for 20 years, but. But yeah, it's it's definitely been a part of my life. And, you know, I've wanted to release a record ever since I was 12 years old. And, and you know, looking back on it, I really wouldn't have wanted it to happen until now. Because I feel like I'm finally ready, you know, working with Christian Bush over the past few months. I feel like I've finally recorded music that I'm one proud of and two I feel is is me. You know, as an artist coming to Nashville sometimes or, or coming to any town when they sign a record deal and start recording a record, sometimes it's difficult to find 
that sound and and your voice like and you making your voice come out yeah, in a unique way in a unique way because there's so many talented artists but listening to new music these days i i really get attracted to new artists where they have their own distinct lane and especially for females i think it's important that every female has a distinct message and distinct sound and you know you look at Carrie Underwood and Miranda Lambert and Kelsey Ballerini and Maren Morris and all of them have these distinct lanes and so I think I've finally found mine. I feel like music is in a little bit of a rut right now. Bonnie, would you agree with this at all, Lindsay? When I go to like Spotify's uh, like New Music Friday and they they pick their top 10 or 15 singles Mm -hmm. every week, I would say 14 of the 15 are EDM songs, you know, and it's getting a little monotonous to me. Thank you for saying that. And, you know, when I am seeking out new artists and you're right, Spotify is great for it because you can you can get on these playlists sometimes and just discover all these great new artists. But it's very rare that I find something that I'm like, whoa, I've never heard something like that. And so it was Christian and I's goal when we were recording the project to make it sound a little bit different, you know. So how would you describe your lane? So I'm a little bit blues, a little bit rock and roll, and a lot of bit country. It's like if you put Keith Urban and Sheryl Crow and John Mayer in a blender, that would kind of be the closest They'd version be of me. it out in there. Okay, I guys. heard that actually happened one night at a party. Oh, really? I would want to be at that party. Yeah, me too. John Mayer was down. <laughs> so, do you? Just, how do you describe yourself? Do you call yourself a country artist? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I've been writing country songs ever since I was ten years old, and Shania Twain was my role model growing up. I uh, I worked with a guy by the name of Randy Bachman when I was thirteen. I know all these From names BTO. very well. Guess who's I I remember the guess who. I love it. And when they wrote American Girl, tell me about <laughs> it. And these eyes and taking care oh, of business. Yeah, these eyes, great all song. All these classic rock hits. And so Randy learned guitar from Lenny Bro, who's a huge. And jazz where, are they from Winnipeg? He is from Winnipeg. Yeah. Look at you go, yeah. Bonnie. You know all this. Well, I'm a Canadian, Canadian expert. My fellow You're Canuck. a Canadian. Yes, Canadian. I know. That's true. We stick up for yeah. our own people. Right. But Randy was the one to really get me on to look at this there. executive producer yeah. on yeah. it. <laughs> but he was really the one who, get, who got me onto blues and jazz music. And so when I was a teenager, I just was obsessed about it. And, and as a guitar player, it just gave me a completely different vocabulary. And I think it's really where I got, you know, my love for blues and, and rock guitar. Then moving down to Nashville eight years ago brought me back to my country roots. And, you know, I was always writing country country songs all along. But but now the record, you know, especially the single Waiting on You has a lot of those blues elements in it, mm-hmm. but within a country song. Right now, why, when you were eight years old, did you start writing country songs? Like, why was it country? Is it because you grew up in the Canadian prairies and that yes. was sort of country world? Yeah, Calgary in Canada is sort of the country music mecca mm-hmm. of, of the country and I've been playing the Calgary Stampede ever since I was a little girl. Oh, really? And, and so, you know, <laughs> I, when I got in the car and we were listening to Country 105 and Shania Twain and Garth Brooks and Faith Hill and Terry Clark and all these country musicians mm-hmm. were just idols to me. And mm-hmm. I remember going to see their concerts when I was little and and just being so wowed mm-hmm. by the fact that they could write a real song with a message. And... And Shania Twain was kind of different when she, she came was. out because she really crossed over into pop. She really crossed over. She was really progressive. It's funny to like look back in documentaries and, and different 
press clippings of when she was breaking of how they said, well, Shania isn't country. Shania isn't country. Right. And now you look back and you're like, man, that's so much more country, quote unquote, than than what today when you when you turn on country radio and i think it's the really cool thing about because yeah, country has gotten a lot of crossover now have. i just have if you like shania do you have a leopard bikini <laughs> i do not have a leopard <laughs> bikini yet however you never know you never know when we're gonna need to change because that the was wardrobe. a big deal when she got that leopard bikini <laughs> my stylist would probably have a headache if i was like uh <laughs> sheree and john i need to find a leopard bikini <laughs> yeah but that was like a breakthrough for a country artist too, i know because right? they'd never worn such sexy clothes exactly and i think it's the cool thing too you know we're we're welcoming new listeners into the demographic of country music and i just i think it's a really positive thing for the format why do you think country is so appealing like and especially for women like yeah. why, why you've mentioned a lot of really amazing female country yeah. artists and and there's more than that and so why why is it such an appealing music genre for women i think as a genre the songs have lyrics that people can connect to you know and specifically females they can they can listen to a song and be like i know what that feels like so there's there's so many females writing good music right now and and they're actually songs that you can relate to well waiting on you i mean it's really like about not i'm not going to be waiting on you that's true right now it's it's a woman taking a stance for what she believes in and i feel like there's so many things i've i've had to wait for in my career and in my personal life i really want to start and finish the record with songs about waiting so the first song on the project is waiting on you and the last song on the project is worth the wait because I just feel like sometimes uh-huh. when you need to wait for things in life, it just makes it that much more worth it. They should make this the hold music at Sony BMG. <laughs> I like your thinking. Just, so, just saying. Do you feel, and well, it's also, I mean, the waiting on you is is really an empowering song because mm-hmm. you're taking your destiny into your own hands and you're Completely. not going to just wait around for some guy. Exactly. And uh, so was, did you write that with a specific person, guy in I mind? I did, you yeah. You did? I sure did. My boyfriend right now. Oh. I wrote it before we were actually dating. And, you know, there just comes up a point when a girl's like, all right, you know, I want to do this. I'm pretty sure you want to do this. So... Let's let's get on with with life and with doing and, it. And let's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now that boyfriend would be Bobby Bones. Yes. And he for those of you who are listening who are not familiar with Bobby, he's like a major country music DJ. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of crossed over too. But he has a very large following. And so did you meet him when you were doing the circuit of going around? Because this is part of the job. You have to go to the different radio stations and take your music and get them to play it. It was totally, yeah, part of the circuit. Um, So they came to town. The show moved to Nashville, and I met them shortly after. And one of Right, that's his show. Yeah. He moved because he used to be in Austin, Texas. Oh, he's right? radio Austin. DJ. I was yeah, thinking you meant like DJ. a Calvin Harris, but country. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, love, I, so I mean, Bobby has like D. DJ'd a couple of weddings, but yeah, radio DJ. At a weddings. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's an amazing comedian, stand-up comedian, and right. he has a band and a comedy band, and um, I'm just so proud of him. Yeah, we, we met shortly after um, they came to Nashville, and one of the producers on the show, Ray, um, was just a fan of mine on Instagram, and so he used to comment on all of my pictures and just as a fan, and so... Me, as you know, as I do every day on my Instagram, I would just reply back to him and I just knew him as Bobby Bones Ray on Instagram. 
And so fast forward a few months later, and for Secret Santa, they were kind of doing doing presents for everybody. And so somebody wanted to bring me in to meet Ray as his Secret Santa gift. Oh, very So nice. I was in the middle of radio tour, and um, they we basically ended up scheduling a meeting in January where we went to the gym because Ray loves to work out. Oh, I out. saw that video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you went and you worked out with Ray. So from I was the playing like Eye on the Tiger, Eye of the Tiger on the treadmill and it was it was hideous and embarrassing. But um, but yeah, it was it was so much fun I, and I went into the studio shortly after that and met the whole team and then... And, and you never, he'd never had you on his show yet. Never, before that. Well, wait a second. Well, why was that? Because you're an important artist. Well, I was still a, n- a new, I mean, I'm still a new artist now. Um, so it was just... It was a debut record, Bonnie. Earning your stripes yeah. and, uh-huh. and slowly making your way up the totem pole. And um, shortly after that, I got to open up for the Raging Idiots. And so I went on the road with them for That's a little a while. That's a band, I take it? It's his comedy band. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's his band. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. The Raging Idiots. Sounds like something Gino would like, too. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, some of the Raging Idiots shows are some of the funnest <laughs> audiences I've played for. And so we just... he became my best friend and really does he have what does he have a uh, another name because i know uh djs always come up with like a pseudonym like a cool alliterative pseudonym clearly bones isn't his last name it's not of course not it's it's his radio name right right Uh uh-huh i know truth comes out so you actually became best friends with this guy who had a radio show the dj one of the best pieces of advice i could say is Date somebody who you're friends with first. Oh, that's always a good idea. Yeah, it's always a good thing. But it, it's it's always interesting, like how that can happen, where you can just be friends and then suddenly it, or or slowly it evolves to romance. Did it slowly evolve? Yeah, well, we just became best friends. We're we're so alike in so many ways. We're both workaholics. We travel so much. We're kind of obsessive about career and work, work, work all the time. And so. Um, yeah, we just we just started to become really close, and and he was nervous. I was nervous. Both of us were nervous about dating and and becoming a, a public thing because he was worried he was going to ruin my career. You know, of of course, with all the politics in any industry, but specifically ours. And um, so we we thought about it for a long, long time, and and he said no a long, long time over like, and over again. Which like no, that's not date. Yeah, exactly. Like we can't date. I'm gonna. I'm going to ruin your career. Hence why a lot of songs on the project were written, a.k.a. Waiting on You. Wait, why would he ruin your career, though? I don't understand. Different politics in um, country music specifically because he works for one organization in country. Oh, wait. Here, I think, Gino, I think the mic went out there. We're good. Yeah. You're back, right? Are you back there? Hello. Oh, there. She's back. back. Yeah, what... uh, Gino, um, I read about this, so... What happened is, is that uh, it's very competitive yes. in the radio business. Mm. And so he's like a very powerful DJ in the country market. And so and so there was concern that if he if they went public, then other radio stations and chains wouldn't support Lindsay's music. Mm. Right. OK. Especially in competitive markets when you have two stations, one working for his company and another one working for the competitive company. So it's like one of the day, one of the big DJs is now not impartial to what he plays. Well, so much so. But in a way, it, it was kind of a disadvantage in both sides of it, because Bobby was scared to play my music because he was like, well, then that'll look weird. And the guys across the street didn't want to play my music because they were like, well, 
she's, she's dating, with Bobby. She's dating the morning show of, of the other station across the street. So in a way, I was like, well, this isn't good. No. I didn't think of like radio ha- as having this power anymore. So much like control of ours. And like as in the old days when like Paola was king and you had to get your song on the radio. Like yeah. now with YouTube and all the streaming services, like this is still a big deal. The amazing thing about country music is listeners listen to the radio yeah. in their cars. Mm. And it's an incredible. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Double thing because there's still that passion towards music and towards getting in your car and listening to the radio. But yeah, country radio And he has a like morning the drive. He's got the morning drive show. Right, right. Bobby, yeah, so Bobby Bones in the morning zoo. Exactly. He's <laughs> a wacky guy. And so, and what happened is that when, when it came out that you were dating, there was a radio station that canceled uh, some performances that you were going to do. So you really did get some backlash. Yeah, we, we were getting a bit of backlash and um, I was headed to Sacramento to play um, a few radio shows. There's three country stations in Sacramento. And so one of them... Um, basically told me that they didn't want me to come into the station to play the show that day because I was dating Bobby and um, their competition. And so what ended up happening, I never wanted any of that to happen. But um, I I was taken off the show the night before. And this yes. was a show they'd been promoting for months that I was going to be a part of. And so I ended up sending out a tweet just so I could tell fans that I wasn't going to be at a show that was promised I was going to be at. I just didn't want them thinking that I didn't flake out to my own right, show. Right. Didn't sleep in and or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, Bonnie. And it was crazy the next day, the fan army that came through and out on Twitter. I just, I didn't even know I had that level of support. And hey, you know what? Everybody makes mistakes. And, and looking back on it now, if it aired light to a bigger discussion of, female artists in country music and about music being judged on its own merits, then I'm all for that. This right. is all very weird to me, Bonnie, though, because if you think about like the pop world, if you're like a female pop singer and you end up dating someone high profile who is also known in that world, people want to talk to you even more. You know what I mean? This is this is kind of in, inverse how the rest of the right. Well, do you think industry is. When, when you said it was like a mistake, do you mean that it was a ra- the radio station's mistake and to cancel you? Is that what you're referring to? You know, at the end of the day, a program director can choose to play whatever they want on their station because it's their station. And, and so that's a different conversation. But to pull me off a show the night before that you've been telling listeners right, for promoting. months that I'm going to be at. It just rubbed me the wrong way, and I didn't want fans thinking that I let them down. And, of course, you know, there wasn't going to be an explanation to them why I wasn't there. So that was the part that I was like, I, I can't stand for this. Right. But you don't you didn't make a mistake. It was you feel it was their mistake and making the cancellation. I feel like the program director did what he did at, at that time and, and what he thought was the best thing. But um, but yeah, I, I really wanted to play that show, and I feel like there could have been a, a bunch of 
different ways that it could have gone, you know, mm-hmm. hence, yeah, I mean. You see, and I think it's true, like for Gino and I who are not in that world, mm-hmm. it seems like crazy that they would yeah. do that because for for us, like when a, there's a couple that's in both in the business, Completely. like Beyonce and Jay-Z and Kim Kardashian and Kanye, yes. like when these couples get together. Or Calvin and Taylor Swift, who I mentioned earlier. Right, I mean, it's just because like thermonuclear. You want to talk about it. Yeah. And being in the entertainment industry, regardless of what aspect you are, you're a public figure now. And so you are putting your personal life out there. And yes, you encourage people to want to talk about it. I mean, we put half of our life on social media as it is. And so it's like, we can talk about it all we want, but I really feel like personal life and your career do not need to be meshed together. But also you shouldn't be punished for as a woman for who you're dating. And it's not like, I mean, listen, it's not like he was some terrible criminal and people would be critical of you because you're dating somebody who could get you into trouble or drag you down. I mean, he's another professional person. Right. So it seems like, do you feel like this would have happened to a man or is it something that a woman is more subjected to, to be criticized for who she's dating because of just because it's kind of a competitive situation? You know, I feel like in any male dominated industry, which there are so many, you know, as you look across the board, it's not yes, just in most. Music. There's a lot. And, and I feel like in any of those circumstances, women need to work a little harder sometimes. And I feel like it's it's the right thing to do for a woman to stand up for what she believes in. Absolutely. Don't you think, though, in, in the music industry, that's not so much true anymore? I don't know about the on the executive level, but on the star level, the but women think, are the biggest stars. But I do think that country is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, be, you know, just like how country, how country radio is so important mm-hmm. to the country fans. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it's even though there are huge star mm-hmm. female stars yeah. in the country arena, still there are even more male stars. I still think yes. it's a much more male dominated. I think the ratios are, are different. And there, there yeah. are a lot more male artists on country radio mm-hmm. right now than females. However, when a female does break, because there's so many incredible, you know, the demographic of country radio is predominantly female. And I think oh, really identify the more with listeners are female yeah, more listeners are female that when a when a woman does break through that they're they break, you know, they're they're typically bigger artists. Their trajectory just kind of I feel part of this has to do with kind of what you were talking about earlier, Bonnie, is why people are so into country music. And I think another part of it, along with the sort of soulful telling lyrics is that being a country fan is also an identity. And I noticed that with people I, I grew up around in Seattle who are not necessarily like from the country, they're like city kids. But when a big country artist would come to town, everybody's putting on their cutoff jean shorts and their tank <laughs> right. tops. And, and so sudden, suddenly they're country to the core, right? Yeah. Like real quick. They bring out those cowboy boots. Yeah. And yeah. The accents are coming well, on. Well, you know what? It's a very all, it's a very American, iconic it look, is. that country look. And like even Miley Cyrus seems to be going back to country. Like her whole Malibu look now is very country. And, and I mean, Justin Timberlake has done things with Chris Stapleton on award shows. And so it's, it's amazing to see artists, you know, wanting to, to come into the country music industry and, and do collaborations. And I really think that, that country music is 
a great genre because they embrace humans being humans. You know, mm -hmm. Carrie Underwood can go have a kid and and take time off being a mom and and write songs about it and release songs about it. And fans love it. They love to listen to it and support it. Mm -hmm. Well, and it is true. Uh, the genre talks about like sings about the heart. Yes. And the issues with relationships uh -huh. a lot. And, uh, and that's and what we go through, you know, that's part of life. And so I feel like as as a listener and as a fan, even as I'm a listener and a fan, that's that's the kind of music I want to hear. And now you and Bobby have survived that crisis. <laughs> survived. Yes. You survived it. You're coming out stronger. <laughs> Absolutely. In, in your relationship. When, you know, you said you have a lot in common, but your backgrounds are, are fairly different. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you grew up in Calgary yeah. and, uh, I don't know much about your family, but mm -hmm. you were the valedictorian in high school, <laughs> oh, right? Boy. I was, yeah, I was a huge nerd. I was a crazy, uh, I was just all obsessed about school and music when I was growing up, Bonnie. Did you play in the school band? I was in the band briefly. <laughs> I was in the choir. I went to a high school where you taught yourself. And so it was, it was kind of like, like an experimental school. <laughs> it was kind of like homeschool, but you still uh -huh. went to school. And uh -huh. so you went to the library and got all your books and, and signed up to take your tests and went to the testing center. And you basically went through high school at your own pace. So I graduated a year early because I just wanted to get through high school so fast so I could go out on the road and play shows. That sounds like college. I don't know. I, don't I know, know. It, it prepared you a lot for college. I don't know if that would work. Like that's why college took me eight years because it, it, it was sort I of mean, up to me. There were some people on the two year track and there were some people on like the five, six year track. Yeah. <laughs> and so you were a nerd and you grew up, um, it, you know, doing well in school. And yes. didn't, didn't Bobby like drop out? He at one point dropped out of school, but he grew up in a very poor situation. Yeah. Like he didn't come, he came, didn't come from middle class background and he was from he mountain pine arkansas super super small town and um has just been such a hard worker he was so smart growing up and and in school and he got his first radio job when he was in his teens and you know has, has so then you both radio. wanted to work early absolutely we both are such hard workers and have a huge passion for what we do and having a dream and going after it and so I remember the first time I met him, I just, I looked up to that so much because you don't find that quality in everybody, you know, somebody who's willing to sacrifice almost anything to follow their dreams and go no, after their No, and heart. especially in the millennial generation. Uh -huh. Exactly. It's not, an, I mean, that kind of ambition and commitment it's not the norm. No. And Bobby is a kid. I mean, slander 17. on the millennials, Bonnie. Slander. <laughs> slander. Bonnie's generation loves to do this. Just, our generation is so lazy. I didn't say lazy, but they have an idea. They seem to think that, that there should be work life balance and that, you know, work only exists in a cer certain hours between nine to five or nine to six. I will say balance is good. If Bobby and I could understand the epitome of balance, I think that we would be a lot better off. But I also think technology with our phones and with our laptops, and we can just get everything so much more at our fingertips that it kind of breeds that millennial behavior or stereotype because we're just so used to, okay, well, I'll just find that song on Spotify right. or I can listen to this in 30 seconds compared to having to wait or going to a library to pick something up or driving to Target to go buy a CD. Yeah, right. I, I agree. But, you know, you just brought up, you think that for you and Bobby that balance might be better. But on the other hand, I mean, what on the other side, there's one hand, there's balance and then there's passion. True. And you see, you have passion for what you do. You have a lot of passion. And so when you're passionate about something, is balance really important? 
I don't know. That's definitely a gray area that I have not mastered at all because I think having a little bit of balance is a good thing. And and sometimes, you know, that's something I struggle with for sure. But true enough, when you're going after a dream and you're passionate about something, you, you are the last person at the office a lot of nights turning off the lights when you walk out and, and who's to, who's to subject you to that. So how much are you on the road now? Because you've got to give shows, like talk about passion and work. Pretty busy. I think I've been in Nashville like this whole month, three days. Wow. Of the month. And every other day I've been living out of my suitcase and you know, we're, we're just about to release the record. And so I'm on the road for the next three weeks and in a different city almost every day. And again, I'm so excited to even say that sentence and have this problem of being so busy. It's the best problem I could ever ask for. You know, I want to be tired and sleepless and traveling and, and being able to play my music on the road for, for fans every night and, and being able to tour the country with Brad Paisley all year. It's a, it's a very good problem. To have. So how can people find out where to see you right now? If they want to see you in the next three weeks yeah. while you're out doing Come shows. Find me on Instagram. Find me on Twitter. We've been posting where we'll be all, you know, promoting the project and the record as well as we're on the Brad Paisley tour this whole year. So oh, really? if you come to a so Brad show, So are you show, like you in between us. Brad's shows now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been out with him all year and he's arguably one of the better guitar players, one of the best guitar players in the now, world. Now wait, Gino, I just want to make a point that Lindsay is an incredible guitar player. Like really, and you I know, know and, I saw her play and, last time she came. Yeah, and you know that's me. something. And do men give you enough respect for that? I will say that I walk into venues sometimes, and you know I'm wearing like a little pink T-shirt and carrying my guitar case, and I get a few eye rolls, being like, "Here we go again," just because there's that stereotype of female guitar players or right. even female musicians, but. I'm so happy that I can start to lead some of that movement. There, there are not a lot of female musicians or even female, you know, band leaders who play an instrument in any genre, you know, specifically country music, but even when you look across the board. And so I'm really happy to be like, you know what, girls, girls can play guitar too. I do well, have to absolutely. say, game, rec- game recognizes game. game, recognizes game. game. I, I play guitar a little bit and I love it. I thought your playing was really good. Like you Thank see a you. lot of artists who do play like Taylor Swift or whatever. I mean, yeah. she's strumming chords, but she's not right. playing like you're playing. Like yeah, you're playing she's lead, serious playing. You're playing solos, like you're, you're busting out licks and riffs and it's like, Thanks, it's, it's on another level, so. Thank you so much. I yeah. will say nothing keeps a girl on her toes than standing two feet away from Brad Paisley on stage and trading licks with him. It's like, all right, now's, now's a good time to step it up. Yeah, well, listen, the fact you are there and you're an equal in, in, doing, <laughs> in doing the licks. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, thank you so much for coming and congrats to you. Thank you. For having, doing the great licks and for coming out with your first record, The Project, August 11th, guys, and Waiting on You, and that's the song you're listening to, Big single, and then go to her Instagram and her Twitter yes. and everything, and you can find out where you can see Lindsay play in the next few weeks. Absolutely. Come back and see us again. Thank you so much, Bonnie. It's so good to see you. Oh, we guys. want a wedding invite when that happens, please. All right. <laughs> <laughs>